0: It's fine. You you've learned ten thousand ways not to record a podcast. Isn't that? I think that's important, right? It's 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 what is that uh, saying
1: about? It, it's not as much as it, it's what it's what not to do. You know, is that what's important? It's well, what I pulled that not from not a the
0: Thomas Edison quote. I didn't fail ten thousand times. I learned ten thousand ways not to make a light bulb or something like that.
1: Edison was a good marketer. You know that, right? He's a very good marketer. Fantastic yeah. marketers. That's yeah. what people don't realize. Those were, they, were, they were better marketers than they were scientists. Full claim. Fact check me.
0: That's <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, let's just say you have more time to market when you have a team of geniuses working for you <laughs> under your name. So anything that they discover, you are given credit.
1: Yeah. Uh, sorry. No, dude, you know, answer, one text message about the, uh,
0: but yeah, you were saying
1: because I wanted to. Uh, I thought that was really good um, about how. To, uh, I repeat that one about the governor with, um, and uh, and Jake Tapper because I think that that's that's it's just so uh, indicative of this era, right? Where you could just go out there and you could just say anything, anything to millions of people, and the best someone can do to check you is to just like say. Well, I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> that's like the best thing you can say because you have no time to prepare for any interview. You take an interview on a moment's notice. Uh, you're sitting there and someone's like the governor of Florida who just made a great announcement. Not a great announcement. He just made a big announcement. So you know, you're going to get viewers. And then you're like – and he's willing to come on CNN. And they're like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. He'll be here, and they'll be like, uh, we have him live after this commercial break. Uh, you have two minutes to prepare. And then it's like, yeah, we just have the governor on. And the governor goes out and he says some bullshit. And you're just like, thank you, governor. Uh, Everything you just said uh, makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But uh, we gave you the airtime. And now everyone's going to walk away thinking that this is gospel.
0: Yeah, it was the education commissioner. um, And I'm assuming for the state who was on. And I think it's important to note that the tactic itself of just making false claims only seems to be effective if you pair it with a high rate of false claims because eventually you'll create a backlog of fact-checking that will never catch up in real time. So if I go out and make a false claim, either on the spot or quickly after before the segment's even over, Jake Tapper or whoever Anchor is on will be able to say, hey, you know, you said this 10 minutes ago and this isn't true. But if you just keep pumping them out and then the next segment and the next guest keeps pumping them out and they just keep tweeting them out and they just keep releasing statements Pumping them out, uh, it it eventually becomes too much. And what I said before was, I don't know how works expecting the interviewer to call people out on false claims when they're you know actually interviewing the person, and I'm sitting on my phone or computer watching these uh, segments, googling these claims that that I've never heard before that are shocking, and sometimes they're true and sometimes they're not, but the rate at which i have to google i can't keep up and all i'm doing is trying to fact check so it's almost like you know as as long as you just keep lying or making outlandish <laughs> claims at a very high rate that's, that's, that's you'll, never, you get you'll never get caught you'll never get caught because by the time because by the time they they do it it'll be a sack of of corrections that nobody wants to hear and nobody wants to hear because so many things have been said since then, and it's almost become old news. I mean, that's why they make the jokes of the news cycle last about five seconds now.
1: You know, I want to. Um, I want to say that you know, a lot of people give Joe Rogan shit, and um, and, and here's the thing, right? I, I do. I mean, I do take issue with a lot of the things that he says, uh, or a lot of the people he has on sometimes. But you know what? I think more power to him. And uh, so yeah, like I was saying, I do. There's certain things that I take issue with Joe Rogan, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, but you look, for, for all the shit that people give him, the one thing I have to admit about his podcast uh, and, and, and sort of what allows him to have a bullshit detector is that he will take the time out on live air on his podcast to fact check somebody immediately. So if someone says something absolutely outlandish or they say something that just doesn't sound like it's correct – he will check with his uh, his moderators. So he'll you know he has a he has a group of people that will basically read like they'll search or he'll he'll do it himself. He'll search in real time and be like, uh, is that right or you know what do we what do we find out on that? And then they'll skim an article right there in front of the person that they have on air. And if that article is completely uh, uh, upending their claims, you know, it, 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 you know you'll you'll find out, you know, and then and then they'll just hold that person to task right there and then. And I'm just saying that that it's interesting that. Someone of, I don't want to say he's like, yeah, you know, he's just not from the journalist elk. You know, Joe Rogan is a comedian by trade. He's not a journalist. And I think that that's crazy that, you know, you can have someone on a podcast who is not a journalist fact-checking people and actually trying to hold them accountable. But then because of the nature of CNN or the nature of whatever uh, cable news channel you subscribe to, you can't take two seconds to simply say, hey, can we, can we hold on a second? Did, uh, can we get a fact-check on that? You know, it's like they have to keep the dialogue running for the sake of advertising and for the sake of segments. And you're just like, you know, this is why you're failing. This is why you're failing the country. You really, at the end end of the day, you're failing people. If you cannot uh, fact check someone who is just ball face lying straight to your face, you know, that's, it's crazy to me.
0: Yeah. I think it's a good point. um, It's a good question. I would say that it's, it may be different in certain circumstances because by nature of the type of guest CNN or another news outlet will have on, they are the newsmakers. Um, generally, what they're saying is causing a study or an investigation that then an article will be written about, sometimes at least. So there may be nothing to um, research. Like There may be no source material in which to fact check them. And maybe that source material will be created because of the claim that they just made. You're on mute.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there were, this is going to be a good one. Uh, you know, look, there's definitely a time and place, right? Not everything is going to have that uh, immediate effect where you could say, Hey, this person is bullshitting me. But I think that in a time of COVID, if someone is on air this late in the game saying that nobody has done a test or, no country has investigated whether children can, where children can, uh, can uh, transmit COVID to adults. I, I, I mean, it, I think I think it just becomes. I mean, it's it, that's it's absurd. You're living in an absurd land where you can make that claim on a news organization, and not one person can pull up uh, a, a simple article from any scientific journal uh, that has published anything in the last freaking six months. On, on whether that, that is true or not? I mean, I, I mean that's just I would, agree.
0: I would Well, it's this... So this goes almost... It, it like loosely ties into my issue with debates, and that is that they try and cover a lot of ground and only touch the surface. And that seems to be what they do with, with most of these news segments when they have guest speakers, is that they're trying... They have an agenda that they want to get through um, instead of just focusing on a singular issue. And I think that the other part of this is that... And it's a shame, but people need to be entertained in what makes for good TV. If you're channel surfing or even watching something and all of a sudden there's 30 seconds, 45 seconds, two, three minutes of dead air where, while Jake Tapper either waits for an answer from the back room or is typing on his keyboard himself trying to find an article and read it, uh, I think people will tune out and turn off. Uh, so... I mean, it, look,
1: I, I agree. How with do you that. do I mean, it,
0: right? I mean, how look. do you do it?
1: I mean, look... It's, this is CNN. You know, I'm, t- I'm saying that uh, freaking um, – what's his name? Who did I just talk about? Uh, who is the freaking – Joe guy? Rogan. Yeah. Rogan's got well, probably what? Four people in the room, maybe three. And then he's got like maybe one guy is just on the mouse ready to click into an article to just prove some idiot who's making a claim about something. Uh, this is CNN. What?
0: Is it? Is Joe Rogan live?
1: Yeah, yeah. You listen to this. I mean, it's it's. He doesn't edit it out. You you can see it on YouTube, or you can listen to it in the uh, in in the uh, when you're listening to the podcast. So I mean, no, the podcast be- is live or no? I don't
0: think it is live. I, so then I, he I, could have like 15 minutes of dead air while he's sitting there with his guest. Yeah, but but the published is he version leaves, just he gets leaves it in out. out.
1: But the point is, he Does leaves he? it. in.
0: Does he though? Does he Antoine?
1: All right, all right, fine. Let's let's say he's not leaving it in. Fine. Let's say that he's editing. It doesn't matter. My point is, is that Jake <laughs> Tapper
0: does not need, advertisers be damned. Jake <laughs> Tapper.
1: Matter. My point is, Jake Tapper does not need to sit there and wait six minutes while someone looks up something. He he's a professional. He can keep the conversation going for as long as the person's on. It only takes two to three seconds. At the I mean, like I I'm, I'm being, I am being high, you know doing a lot of hyperbole here, but my point is, is that some intern at CNN could be looking this up and then feeding it back to Tapper when he finds the answer. That's all. That's my whole point.
0: My whole point is well, hold but someone that goes, on long enough. But that goes back to what I was saying before, and if you do that, if you come out with a high rate of claims that need to be fact-checked within a segment, Jake Tapper may have a team of 50 people fact-checking. But he's only going to be able to come circle back to one or two of them by the time they get it done because the segment itself is two minutes, three minutes before a commercial break. And I agree with you. I agree with you. But circle back to something. My point is nothing. Nothing gets. Nothing gets
1: checked. You know. No, even, well, no, even I, won't. Chris, I, I, I won't. I do that. They. They. they well, check. No, they, they even even Chris Cuomo. Cole, well, Cuomo Cole, Cole is probably one of the better ones. Uh, and, and and sometimes they'll check. They'll they'll push back on like. One or two things, but it's always in this wishy-washy, like, I don't believe that's true. It's never like, this is the actual article that this proves exactly what you're saying
0: right now. Well, you know what happens, and I've noticed this, and I don't know if my memory is skewed. It may be, but I true, true, feel true. two things. One is they did it a lot more Closer to real time in the beginning. And I honestly think they're giving up because it doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter whether or not they fact check him right now. Because I think they did that in the beginning, closer to real time. And, you know, either you like him or you don't. I mean, that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, the, oh, I forget what I was going to say with the other part. Oh, but yeah, it'll come back to me.
1: I mean, it's fine. I mean, it, 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 it. I'm sure someone you know listening could pull up like thirty thousand CNN fact checks where they pulled this on the guest, and the guest was like, "Oh no, you know this is this is just my information. This is what I heard from my sources." That just and just move on, right? So, I, I hear what you're saying. It's just it's just it is insane, right? It, it's just crazy in this oh, world. That yeah, I, go for it. What do you got? Now I
0: remember. And the other thing is, what I'm noticing is that after the segment concludes, they will they have opted instead of to get caught in a back and forth with people who aren't the president because they don't really matter, you know, no one's going to like vote or impeach like his secretary of something. Uh, they opt to put a piece together that recaps it and attacks the person and their credibility and the claim later on. It could be a day later, it could be hours later, it could be minutes later, but they'll do it when they have time to regroup and formalize something, a little more of a formal response, it seems. It I feel like they've opted... Instead of quickly fact-checking and and rebuking the person on air, they will wait till that person is no longer on the air, no longer a guest, and then put together a piece about it.
1: Is it that's what that's what usually happens? That's your uh, experience.
0: That's what I'm. I mean, it doesn't listen. It doesn't happen every time, but I've seen that more now, where they're like, they'll they'll come out with a monologue and a montage of of whatever claim was made and why it isn't true. They put a little more effort into the response right they I guess they put more effort into building a case against it rather than speed to rebuke. Fine. I don't know. It's still shit. <laughs> well no, because you want because there's no accountability there. Because to be honest it's 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 done and it's over, and you're now expecting the same people who saw that to have either stayed on or tuned back in to see your answer to it and that doesn't happen even when I want to do that I, I sometimes you know life happens and you you move on so I would say that they need to do well in a perfect world, they need to do both they need to come out with a quick response and put together a big a big case that builds on top of that, but there is no holding anyone's feet to the fire. Um, they, we kind of just give these people a platform, which in a sense they they have that they have a right or are entitled, but like they they should have a platform. People should have a platform to say what they want, especially if they're in a position of power. Um, I don't want to censor anybody, but we need to also be prepared to offer up the other side. And I wish that that was still a thing where you had to do something along those lines. You could offer a viewpoint, but you had to be able to counter it.
1: That's your. That's your, That's it.
0: Uh, that's what I got.
1: <laughs> debates, debates, debates. Speaking of debates, how do you think these debates are going to go? Actually, wait. Before we even get into that, did you watch? You said that for the first time ever, because you are an unabashed independent, uh, much to your detriment. That uh, mm. you watched the DNC uh, for the first time ever, and and to the credit of the DNC, most people. From what I've heard, came away with positive uh, feelings. They got the feelies, uh, which is like the you know that that in that
0: pit of your stomach where you are like, oh, sweet. It's like yeah, those Aw, things. Those man. things you read about, right? Those those things you read about, Antoine. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, so, yeah. So, so, how, so I want to hear your impressions because I, I as a lifelong Democrat, oh, family, it's
0: it was comfort I've watched Betty. Uh, it, it was, yeah. It was it was, com- it was comfort food. Um, it okay. was. Nostalgic. In a way that decency and normalcy has become, I think. Uh, I would say that I wonder whether or not, if these speeches took place eight years ago, four years ago, if people would have had the same sentiment. I think it's just a craving of decorum and compassion and empathy that just we haven't experienced, we haven't received, we've, everyone's been desperately craving it, but we haven't received it in the past four years. And four years of being starved of something, you'll, you'll take what you can get. Um, I think that there are, I think that they were good speeches. Um, they, they were, I, I don't have anything against them. They were good speeches. They were more uh, emotional than like plan driven, but what do you want from people in like 10 minute, 15 minute speeches? And during a convention, um, they're not going to lay out plans, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was the first one that I've ever seen. I, I am an independent. I don't believe in parties for, for good reason. Um, we can get into that someday.
1: Yeah. One day Right. it's, it's, yeah. it's a season finale episode to get into your party rat because it's not like going to take, it's going to be a two-parter first of all. So there's going to be like a part one of why parties should not exist. And then a part two is to your, your, your conclusion your, so you'll have your thesis in the first one and then your conclusion in the second uh trying to dissuade anyone from ever voting based on a party line ever 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 again so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll save that for an ending
0: yeah but um the the speeches were good i mean michelle obama's was amazing i thought i thought that it was just really nice um people were saying it's, it was like really it was like it, it felt genuine and real i only
1: heard like the uh, you know the the sound bites that were like the most like the the, the, the throwaway line of uh, that she threw back at Trump that I'm blanking on exactly right now and uh, what have you, but but again she she gets that leeway because a she's adored on the left and then b uh, she is not a politician right so she gets that she gets basically she yeah, kept
0: hearing that even though she was the first lady I mean she may not have run for office but she certainly played a political role I hey mean, look
1: look. Say She benefits from the same thing that Trump does, which is, which is really interesting, right? Everyone's like, well, Trump's not a politician, so he can say whatever the hell he wants. But Michelle Obama gets away with a, a, a similar line, where it's like she's not a traditional politician. She's never held office. She's never run for office. Uh, and so as a result... So First
0: Lady's uh, not, not considered a position?
1: First Lady is considered a position in the way that the White House chef... Is but a they're,
0: position doesn't no, make the White House chef a politician. But they're given projects that impact that impact the country, aren't they?
1: Well, that's. I think that's more of a new thing. I think that that probably is more of a credit to maybe Hillary. Actually, I mean, people, I mean. Well, that's not
0: true because uh, it's like an appointment. appointment isn't it? it's, not had, to, it's not an elected office, but it's like an appointment in a way. Yeah, right? but
1: it's. I mean, yeah, but it's. Come on, I mean, it's. It's always like a a bullshit measure. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, and uh, I mean, it's like you're fulfilling like a. And, and, and again, this has to be in the modern era because it, I cannot see. Uh, Mary Lincoln or was that—that that was her name, Mary Todd Lincoln, or something like that. I don't think she had an initiative during the Civil War. Like, I don't—I don't think the First Lady, aside from throwing balls and uh, overseeing the house, uh, had a this kind of like you're making, outward face. Claims. I am. I am. I'm dropping bombs. I'm dropping <laughs> historical <laughs> bombs. And you know what? Historical assumptions.
0: Yep. You can't. You can't, you can't you I can't haven't read check. about it. Probably. <laughs> you can <laughs> fact check right you now. Better start pumping more out before someone does fact uh, check. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, no, but look, so I, what so yeah. so so they didn't go back to, so even if you were going to say they're only in the past couple decades like so what that doesn't mean anything that's not my point my point is like y- you can't say i'm not a politician when you are a politician or you're contributing to the political machine in some way i mean isn't that kind of what that is no one's a politician until they are like
1: i have a I'm not a question would
0: you say that um what the hell is trump's wife what's her name melania yeah, would you say Melania is a politician? She has her be best thing, right? Her campaign.
1: A cyber assuming,
0: yeah, well, listen, I'm not saying it, it's not ironic, but uh, I, I, I'm assuming federal dollars were contributed to that and she was put in control of managing or something, doing something. I don't really know the details. But I mean, isn't that an appointment when you're given federal resources and, and you're told, or you're not told to do it, but you you do something with it, like?
1: I mean, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like we're we're getting the difference between someone's political or has like a political agenda, different between like the difference between like a politician, right? Because te- the thing is, the the first lady has never run for office. Like they've never received votes to do something right and then and be an incumbent or be a challenger like there, so still i think by the true definition of a politician you know that they they, they can't assume that identity they might i mean based on based on those criteria based on that criteria i cannot say that's what i think
0: people so come here from. politician according yeah, sure. Go to goal a person who is professionally involved in politics especially as a holder. Of or a candidate for an elected office. So there's a qualifier there, but it says especially as a, but it doesn't say it has to be. So a person who is professionally involved in politics. Now, if you're given a job yeah, what to about do, the other, how yeah, is that not a, a profession?
1: Yeah, but what is what about the early the other qualifiers? What was that first? What was the first part of the statement It was like a about, person?
0: A person. Yeah? So Melania is a person. Mm-hmm. who is professionally involved in politics no Spe- but it had something about elected had something as, about elected as, especially as a holder of or a candidate for an elected office i see so you're 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 trying to you're trying to find the
1: dark side of the moon here where it's 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 the dark side of the moon yeah well the con especially is- as a yeah, well, you're saying the especially is, like, is, is narrowing it down, but then there's a more
0: broader sense to the politician. That's what you're trying to say. I'm saying that you don't have to be elected to be a politician. You just have to impact policy. That's my take.
1: I think it's a, it's a hard one because the First Lady doesn't impact policy.
0: Her be best thing doesn't impact policy? It's outside of a bill. I don't know. I know it seems be like, best political, uh, funded by taxpayer dollars. It is. So I don't know. Someone smarter than me can come on and crush my crush my um, position. Yeah. But I I feel like I feel like. And like you wouldn't, in the in the way that most people would use the word, say Melania is a politician because most people do equate it to some type of elected office where people are campaigning. Even though she does campaign with her husband, but people do that kind of thing. <clears throat> she has made speeches that were released by the White House. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I guess my thing is, and and what I had said in the background when you were when you're speaking about Michelle Obama is I'm I'm a little cynical when it comes to both authenticity and people saying what they aren't. Um, Even though before I said, I'm not a politician. Mm -hmm. Uh, When, when people, when people are saying, uh, when people are like, wow, they were really authentic. Well, it's their job to be. That's like saying an athlete's really athletic. Like, yeah, the politicians are really authentic because they need to be, they need to come across as authentic.
1: Yeah. But here's the thing, right? No first lady is a career politician. So even if you wanted to throw it into that, that, if you want to throw them into that pit, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to enter that gladiatorial arena of, of, of of politics and politicians and and representatives, Uh, a first lady prior to their husband or, well, unfortunately, yes, we've only had uh, first ladies from husbands. Uh, We haven't had a first man Um, prior to their husband running for office. uh, They usually do not hold any kind of political life. Um, So that, Therefore, you know, I don't know. That's a hard one, too, because I feel like I'm wrapping myself in a corner because I'm like, well, prior to their husbands running for office, did their husbands hold a political life? Sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're not right. I just – that's a hard one. It's a hard one. Uh, yeah. I was like, "Are, are we, Am I blinded? Am I? Am I too? Am I too in the Democrat? Like am I? But the thing is, I'm saying that to a Republican wife too. I I don't see a Republican president's wife as a politician. Well, it doesn't really,
0: not, I mean it doesn't really all matter they're doing is supporting their, them as it's like, that's kind of a that's kind of a biased approach. Yeah, I'm looking at it from a politician I always thought was someone who impacts policy, right. Right. But it's so it's so hard to be not like... from like an advocacy point of view, but from someone who actually has more of a direct line in. I mean, when she's given a project funded by taxpayer dollars that can change our way of life, how is that not? I mean, if you can write, I don't know, make. I guess you can go down a hole like anyone can write a bill and have it like there's there's organizations that help, I guess, senators and congressmen write bills. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway. she did come across as authentic. Uh, she, she did come across <laughs> as authentic. They all did. I, the just, I just, I, did. I'm, just skept, I'm just skeptical. I'm just skeptical. Like, I'm not going to say like, oh, she came off as n- unauthentic or inauthentic, whatever the authentic, word is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, am I just going to like, <laughs> all over it because like she she sounded genuine I I mean I don't know that being said like yeah I'm supporting the Democrats this go around because well just because Um, but yeah she came across well Uh, they all had really good speeches I mean they covered a lot of ground they threw punch they threw the right amount of punches at the right strength Um, they painted a picture of hope if they were um, elected, and yeah, it was nice. Uh, I didn't, and that's just the thing. It, it, it's so hard to judge because <laughs> the, the comparison is like ridiculous. Like I, my, I feel like my barometer, my measuring stick, is just like not what it used to be because I've been subjected to something for four years. It was just I tuned in because I, I honestly just. Was well, I, think, to, I, think, I was excited yeah, to hear the orators of our time.
1: Yeah. And I think that but I think that's the sad that's the sad part about the whole, you know, the whole I, I was I almost said charade. Um, that's the sad thing about the convention, you know, it's it's that everyone is sitting there being you know, they're like, Oh my God, uh, listen to these intelligent people talk. You know, it's like, oh my god, listen li- Yes, they are. Look, I mean, first of all, Barack Obama is probably one of the greatest orators of our generation. There's no doubt about that. Um, But we're we're in this mess because we often fall for oration, right? Uh, You know, I'm not blaming Barack Obama for Trump, but you cannot remove him or any of the sweet talking Democrats for the past uh, for basically our entire lifetime. Uh, you can't remove them from the full equation as to how he got to Trump. Uh, Bill Clinton was also a fantastic orator uh, that was able to galvanize people uh, and, and, uh, and as a result was one of the more popular presidents uh, before Barack, uh, up until Barack Obama. Uh, sorry, before Barack Obama. Um, but we're still in a mess, right? So there's a difference. I'm saying there's a clear dis- disconnect between uh, fantastic speakership and uh, what we've gotten uh, for policy and in terms of driving the country uh, into a direction that the majority of Americans are happy with. So, I mean, that's why that's that's I think it's so interesting. It's like, yes, does it feel good to hear people who can actually articulate and convey thought speaking again? Yes. Uh, did that, does that matter when it comes to direction of the country and, uh, and, and, and progress? Unfortunately, no. You know that's so weird. That's what's so weird. I mean, Trump is a horrible speaker. The I man can't put three sentences together, two sentences if he's lucky, and uh, and yet at the same time, he he gets a lot of his shit through. <laughs> and it's not his shit. It's because there's really there's just a lot of smart people uh, that have power in the Senate right now. Mitch McConnell uh, being the the most uh, powerful, and uh, and as a result. You know they get shit done, and they do not need to make grandiose speeches. They do not need to win over uh, crowds uh, with uh, uh, with great wit and uh, and whimsy. That that, that's, that, just, that doesn't matter for them. You know they just because push through. That's they why. push through legislation. What's that?
0: That's because of parties. That's why. Oh. Oh, okay. That's why. That's why. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I think of when you think of good orders throughout history whether you go back to Rome or, or further back or up until now. Um, that's why I question the authenticity claim, because just because you can speak well doesn't mean that you're genuine. I mean, you can, you can fake that. Uh, so um, in terms of why Trump is getting things through that other people don't, I would say it's definitely parties and a lack of engagement from the people, lack of participation on every level of government. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I'd be curious to see exactly what he's getting through. I mean, I know he's rolling back a lot of things through executive order. I don't know if that's necessarily getting things through because like, it's just going to be undone, just like. Well, it all happened right, to all right. Obama. Yeah. Let's.
1: Yeah. Well. Let's. Well. Yeah. Let's. Let's. Let's put it into perspective, right? Um,
0: Obama, fantastic
1: order could not get his agenda through, right? Because, you know, this is another thing. There's a big gap between being um, fantastic, between being a fantastic politician in terms of gaining the favor of the people and then being an autocrat, right? And unfortunately, people who are really good at pushing through policy and getting people on board and basically strong arming people to sign bills and to to get their agenda through, are usually people that no one really wants to hang out with. You know, they're not the guy that you're like, man. I really wish I could get a beer with that guy, or uh, I can't believe he could play the saxophone, or man, the way he talks is so smooth. No, it's 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 the guy who who is more like your uh, Costanza than your Jerry Seinfeld. That's that's really what you're looking at here, and 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 that's why those guys end up being like, you know the the uh, speaker of the house or what have you uh even though in the modern area you know, I, I you know i, I can't say I mean, well nancy pelosi is supposed to be a shrewd uh policy walk uh, uh according to uh, some people or, or at least that's why she's supposed to be that's why she's still there is because apparently she's really good at getting everyone on board um uh, but again yeah they, they're not necessarily the guy that ends up being in the front they're not the uh the star quarterback, they're, they're more of the trenches, uh, so to speak. And, uh, and, and yeah, and they just don't usually get that star power. They're, so they're, it the sounds, d- they're the drummer, not the lead singer. Let's put it that way. It sounds like we
0: need good administrators with heralds. Yeah. That's what, that's no. what we need.
1: That's really, that's really what you need. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean working in a corporation, I have seen firsthand, and this is kind of like a double edged sword maybe, but I've seen the firsthand of the value of motivational speaking, especially when times are tough, to rally people, to give people hope, even though <laughs> everyone knows damn well things aren't getting better anytime soon. Um, there is, the element does play a role, a psychological role, in motivating people to perform. Um, and sometimes that's just what you need to dig yourself out. So when you're looking at a leader, um, I I used to think pretty confidently that you don't need someone to be polished. You just need a good administrator to get things done. And now I'm wondering if there is like more of a balance that needs to be struck between knowing how to get things done and knowing how to how to communicate that to the people to get support. Now I mean I guess you can make the argument that. That is exactly what a president normally is. Um, but I don't know if that's the truth either. I mean, I, I think Obama was really polished, um, and he did get things done, sort of, but a lot of it was executive order. A lot of it was when he controlled both the House and the Senate. Um, which is which is just normal
1: in the, in the yeah. modern era. Which is just normal. And, and so
0: it's almost hard to say like what works and what doesn't, not to go back to this because parties skew the reality so much. And if you were to say, well, that's exactly it. You need to know how to navigate a two party system in order to get things done. And that is the administrative skill part of it. I, I don't know what to say to that. I'm actually like kind of at a loss. I don't know how to, how to react to that. Cause it almost seems like the hyper partisanship is getting worse. And so if it was just, you know, an equal playing field where you had two different ideologies and you had to strike a compromise, that's fine. But I feel like, and maybe this is just um, a narrative that we're being fed and it's not as bad as it seems, but I feel like there's just such a much larger chasm between the two parties than ever before. And I feel like it's been growing over the past 12 years. I definitely, I think, well, here's the thing,
1: right? Um, and again, this is something that I feel like we're getting way into like the political, uh, uh, the, the political weeds here, uh, right? Because uh, you know we can start getting into like apparently, and again, because we're not political, uh, political, uh, political scientists, I should say. Uh, arguably, from what I've heard, and read uh, I, the modern uh, division that we find in our electoral uh, system stems from, I guess, Newt Gingrich. We're going to say that with a question mark uh, because that's really kind of what is like what I've read is like the uh, turning point is like Gingrich's uh, uh, basically burn everything to the ground uh, attitude uh, in terms of getting uh, getting his agenda, getting the other party's agenda through. Uh, it, it was sort of like revolutionary, and it's sort of this is all sort of like Gingrich's model. Uh, that we've been living with uh, ever since, and uh, I don't know how true that is, uh, but you could definitely s- at least say that yes, it seems like uh, working across the aisle is uh, very much a thing of the past. Um, but I will say this, not for everything. Uh, military spending is universally uh, supported, so uh, so there's always that. <laughs> You'll always have that. Both parties will always spend more on the military.
0: And so this is something that historically you and I have have well, I guess disagreed on. Um, and I am really trying to and maybe I don't and I don't want to misrepresent your thoughts on this either, but I am for military spending. I would like to say within a reason, but it's hard to know what that actually is because you're dealing with such astronomical numbers. To me, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of like going back to this is why we have experts and this is why we elect people. It's up. I'm, I'm entrusting our government to know what's the right amount to spend naively. Um, but you, when you're dealing with these astronomical numbers, it's easy to say like, wow, that's way too much. We could use that money elsewhere. Um, I don't know what it takes to secure our place as a military power, secure our resources so that we can live the life that we want to. Obviously, that seems like it's at the detriment of others and that's not good. Um, but I would. I, I, I've heard. I think you say in the past, um, you know, strong militaries don't really matter as much as they once did, perhaps. Um, and yeah, no, no, you can be now strong in other true. ways. So yeah, I don't, don't, I'll don't, let you yeah. comment.
1: Yeah, don't, 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 uh, don't mince my words.
0: <laughs> the um,
1: look. There's something to be said about being the world police. Okay, <laughs> to say. Yeah, you get them, Nico, you, you get that dog. The uh to being the world police, you know, I can't say that Finland, for instance, doesn't spend spends more on their social safety, uh their social systems and less on their military because they know that if Russia were to invade Finland, or at least before Trump, they had that uh they have that safety in that, in knowing that America would stop it. Right. And then you've got the mutually assured destruction between all the, uh, nuclear powers. Right. So, so I can't say whether that's definitive or not. Like I can't say that that's how the Finnish people feel, uh, you know, cause I, mean, I don't think any country truly wants to be emasculated in that way to simply say, well, we know we can spend our money elsewhere because, you know, other countries are spending money on their military and, uh, and that their sacrifice you know, is our gate. So I don't, I don't want to say that that's the reality, but there it does feel to be, at least in my mind and, and, and what you read and the way that you understand how the world works, there definitely feels a little element of that, right? Because we spend so much and we have been the watchdogs, other countries can feel safe in the alliance packs they have with us and therefore do not feel the need to maintain such a large standing army or to invest as heavily in, in military uh, because they know that America can drop bombs from almost everywhere in the world. Right. So, and there's, well, and what there, do we get then
0: in return? Exactly.
1: But see that, and this is, this is where, this is where we get into that little argument, right? This is my point. It, that's my point. Right. It's, it's to me, it's to our detriment. We are the world police spending ever more money in terms of military and invading and uh and 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 basically quelling every little spat that goes on in the world and sometimes i mean look sometimes it's necessary but i do believe that it should be a world a lot like the alliance should step up and equal parts go in and and quell some of these uh some of these world disasters like syria and what have you we should all be equally spending money to To thwart whatever needs to be thwarted, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into the Syrian conflict because I feel like you know that that, that I feel like that is truly going to be beyond uh, what I feel comfortable speaking on. But I will say that you know, I don't know what we get in return. That's my point. Is because for me, our infrastructure is crumbling. Our education spending seems like it's getting less and less. You know, we we're, right now the post office looks like it might have to freaking shut down which I don't, I mean, it's not true, but my point is the fact that it's even in the, the crosshairs of, of cutting back and spending is just absurd to me. Uh, you know, post office is lifeblood. You know, mail is the lifeblood of a nation. Uh, we could we get more of that uh, in another episode. But, um, it, all that, all that being said, is my point, right? No one's giving us money back. Like nobody's taking over and saying, "Hey, America, you're spending all this military. Hey, we'll give you money so you can fund some of your social safety systems, or, or to give your people a little reprieve uh, when a natural disaster happens."
0: You know, I mean, well, I would I, assume the kickback would be something industrial, something technological. Um,
1: well, if, I think. Well, again, we can also get into our industrial complex, right? I think the kickback is going to corporations, right? Like it's all it's all in funding. Uh, big uh, executive pockets uh, for being able to build more and more uh, bombs and drones and shit, and uh, and that the end, and that's at the expense of the actual American people. I think the taxpayers put a shitload of money into military, and then that money goes into CEOs' pockets of Halliburton and what other. Uh, Boeing or anyone else who is involved in, in, in building anything for the military, and then that shit just gets shipped overseas and either sold to uh, other countries as uh, excess arms or used on other countries uh, to quell uh, what is essentially like the uh, the minor uh, the minor. Uh, post-colonial games that get played between the major nations and third in third world countries. So, I mean, that, that's my point. I, I don't think the American people get a kickback. I think they get fucking screwed. You're on mute.
0: I got gotcha. you. You did get me. So I guess this is where I reached the limit of my understanding in this area because – we we pump a lot of money we i mean it's hard it it's hard to say like we only pump money into military but obviously we, we spend a lot of money on military um we other countries maybe don't maybe it's a luxury for some countries to have a military or to, to have that type of um investment because they're worried about more critical things so their livelihoods as a country um i wonder after obviously some countries are prioritizing the welfare of their citizens, I wonder after they are done investing in their social programs, if they are investing in their technology or agricultural industries and whether or not through trade a deal is struck that way. And maybe that's exactly what the basis of trade deals are. I mean, I could be saying all this and then someone much smarter than me could be like, yeah, idiot. That's exactly how it works. (laughs) So um, I don't know like if, if that is, what would happen to me at a at a very you know um, layman level that that's what seems to make sense but I also understand what you're saying and that our corporations go in and they're the ones reaping the benefits I guess I just don't know what happens um, and maybe and, and I couldn't even tell you whether or not we do reap any benefits I mean the fact that I can buy oranges all year round, is that a benefit? I mean, what are the benefits? It has nothing to do with our military, right? That's all
1: that's all. But the, if that uh, was coming like
0: it wasn't it nukes for mangoes, you know, like I mean, is that <laughs> Was that ever a saying? I don't remember ever hearing that, but I loved it, it. Wasn't that Pakistan or India or something where Oh really? Google that. Google oh. that. All right. It's during right. Bush, the last Bush administration. I think.
1: Holy shit, nukes.
0: Um and so that's kind that. of like, is that is that kind of where our benefits are? We get our conveniences from trade deals because we do uh, provide military aid and other types of aid. And from trade deals, we get things back that just make life more convenient here. Um, Whether it's a fair trade-off, I don't know. You know what? There may never be a square deal in terms of, we will provide you with a billion dollars worth of military aid. They're not going to give us a billion dollars worth of something else. Otherwise they do their own military aid. That's the kind of the whole point, but maybe they kind of round out the edges of things that are a little rough on our end, like not getting mangoes all year round. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh my God. This is so funny. Wait, see, this, this is the sun you're talking about here. This is, this is Bush. This is our Bush, not the original. Yeah, I, I yeah. went back into the original Bush cause I was like, this uh, has to our, be so old. Our Bush. No. On his trip to <laughs> fuck. trip to India, President Bush is counterpart a new kind of part Thursday and a landmark nuclear energy agreement. By the way, this is uh, February twenty eighth, two thousand and six. Uh, the deepen enti- the deepens ties between the world's oldest and largest democracies. Uh, now I need to control F to find the actual because I this came up because it must be in here. I'm looking up control Fing for actual mango. Okay, here it is. They announced new bilateral cooperation on an array of issues from investment to trade, health to the environment, agriculture to technology, and even mangoes. Okay, so all right. Okay, so all right. So this is this is more of a, ch- a chiding at uh, at Bush policy, Bush foreign policy, because it, it, the deal wasn't actually called nukes for mangoes. I think that they, someone who is a clever Democrat, was like, "Well, here you are giving giving these guys." Uh, a trade it's i mean like it's a trade deal it's environmental
0: there's there's technology and then uh and then, that's yes, kind of what my point Douglas is, is, that, is that, yeah they're never going to give us exactly what we gave them back like an equal trade, but they'll supplement what perhaps we don't have and and they'll supplement what we don't have by giving us technology resources things like that, but then also let's let's be honest a foothold in the region like now we have a now we have a sphere of influence in the region
1: <laughs> Nukes for bankers. <laughs> that's so good where is that where are the where, where's the wit of the of the of the uh, of the of the post 9/11 era uh,
0: uh, trying to convince people not to inject bleach into their bodies that's you're right. that's, uh, where that's where we've gone we don't is. have time for wit they they're taking wit literally <laughs> um the, it's not going to work. Anyway. So, yes, that was that was a thing. Um, when was that, 2006, you said?
1: Yeah, it was 2006. God, that was a long time ago. It's crazy. It's crazy to think. You know, it's, it's just so wild to remember being in high school and having everyone be like, you know, Bush is a war criminal and, you know, his administration when it's done you know the next one is gonna like prosecute him and uh you know we did you know and the, the, it's it's crazy you know we there we were no weapons of mass destruction and it just became a meme like it literally became a joke right like we went to war and and and, and it's so crazy at the time everyone was like for sure they're like you know this is gonna be you know such an such a Nixon level scandal and uh, people are really going to go down for it. And then just nothing, but Bush is on Ellen with his paintings, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like nothing happened. Like it just all is forgiven and you just move on, which makes me worried about the post Trump era. You know, other people are like, you know, I think you were like, oh, yeah. The, the, the uh, New York attorney generals, you know, they're like, Oh man, they're gonna get him. They're gonna nail him to the wall, and they got all his cronies, and he's gonna go down. I'm like, I don't know, man. Uh, it's like we have such a short memory. The, yeah. the, There's literally a dude who who like faked the war, and nothing happened.
0: I, I don't I, know. <laughs> I, don't I know. so I, I don't want to be careful with how I phrase this. I'm I, I'm agreeing with you. Like I have, I don't understand the culture. Even though I guess it only happened once with Ford and Nixon. The way that, like, you just don't—you you, want to uh, keep the prison record clean of the presidency—seems to be the, the, sentiment that I hear a lot, and I really don't understand why. But, um,
1: what? Say it, man. <laughs> be proud.
0: The Say difference it. between what Bush did and what Trump is doing, but I want to be careful. Is that Bush? Bush was a war. It was a foreign war. Now I don't want to diminish what the soldiers sacrificed because they're Americans, uh, and it matters. Right. But that was a war against other people, whereas Trump is arguably a war against his own citizens. Um, and so I don't want
1: to. Depending on who you are, I'm just saying like that, that. That's not that's not a universal feeling. What do you mean,
0: depending on who you are?
1: Like I'm just saying, if you're a Trump supporter, you don't feel like Trump is
0: attacking. His no, own well, uh, but but there's like he's attacking. Said, but... You feel like he's attacking legal immigrants. But there are plenty of people who supported supported Bush. That's kind of not like the 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 detail I'm gonna get caught on. It's it's when you when you if from a from a perspective of critiquing, from a position of critiquing them, obviously if you agree with them, there is no critique. They're wonderful human beings and they're the best presidents in our lifetime. Uh, I've heard that said about both. Um so what I'm saying is if you're thinking about it from a from a place of will he get prosecuted The difference I think is that there has been an attack on our own population in a way that I'm not really sure has happened before. At least almost to his supporters credit in such an open way. I think one of the main things is, you know, Trump just doesn't hide it. He just, he shows you the filth and yeah, he plays in it too. Um, and maybe there's something to be said for that. Maybe all these polished politicians are just way better at hiding the nefarious things they do. It's kind of like a pro-Trump message in a way, I guess. But, um, I mean, it's just so out there and open and admitted to. I don't, I just, I don't know. That's kind of the way that I'm seeing it, is that it's more of an attack on its people. But I guess maybe your point is is completely valid in that his supporters don't see it that way. Not everyone sees it that way. And so it won't matter.
1: I'm just saying, I mean, you have a president who took an entire nation to war over a complete falsity. Right? Like, I mean, and it's so hard to backtrack and say, you know, because it's not even like there was a trial and we we forgave them and said, oh, they just made a mistake. Like there's nothing. There's literally nothing. It was just like, oh, what we thought was here really wasn't here. Guy didn't have anything. We're in this war now. We'll be here for the rest of our, our time but here. Other, it's just it.
0: But other than the soldiers' families who – and again, I, 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 I'm not a family member of a soldier, and especially a family member of a soldier who, who lost someone. And so I, I, I want to not step in shit too much here. Um, but if you, if you start a war, a foreign war – and and we go to war and you're pissed off about it it's in a way easier to get over because you're not impacted by it but when you start a war a civil war almost with your own population and 170,000 people are dead and or, or 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 stricken with a lifelong ailment because of something like covid or ripped apart from your children and put in a cage or have, you know, I don't know, been devastated in some way by climate change effects. And then you have this president who is, you know, a proponent of these terrible things happening in a way and freely and admittedly and openly is that. Um, I, I just feel like it's harder to get over, I guess is where I'm coming from. It's, it's not, and I don't want to diminish the sacrifice of any soldier or family of soldiers that they've made to say, you know, it's, listen, it's easier to get over because you lost someone, but they were a part of a foreign war. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to be, I guess, maybe in my own biased way, a little open with the way that I'm thinking in that I feel like psychologically it's easier to get over something if you're not directly impacted by it and you're more likely to be directly impacted by the things that are happening in the last four years.
1: That's interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that's like it's not even worth debating, right? Because it's, it's, it's going to just... We'll just see, right? It's like he'll... If he loses the election, first of all, I mean, I, what I'm more concerned about rather than uh, Trump uh, atoning for his sins is, is Trump's um, stoking his, fan, his base to uh, believing that the election was rigged, uh, which I think is far more dangerous, if you, especially if you live in a democracy. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think makes America incredibly strong um, is the fact that people have an amazing amount of faith uh, in the electoral system. Uh, I think that once people start believing that votes are not counted, uh, I, th- I feel like this is, this, is, this is, again, I think the Republicans are more at fault for this. So I think that they play a very dangerous game uh, in order to maintain power. I think that once you start uh, down this road of fraudulent voting, um, especially when it comes to mail-in ballots, and then you're in a pandemic where most people are going to have to vote via mail, uh, I think that you've you've stepped into a hornet's nest that is going to be very difficult to backtrack from. I mean, it, this is it's very much like an oil spill. Uh, once it's out there, uh, it's it's going to take a massive amount of cleanup uh, in order to, uh, and the damage is usually done, right? There will be casualties, and I think that uh, that to me is one of the most dangerous aspects of this November election is that Trump is already and the Republicans are already out there starting to promote this idea that your vote is not your vote and that someone might be interfering or the other party uh, might not be counting or might be throwing out your vote. And that's the reason uh, that uh, your candidate uh, may lose the election. And I think that once
0: you start that, you know, I don't know how you come back. So I'm torn on this one because reading a lot about history and how flexing the norms paves the way for terrible people later on in life, um, even a generation or so later, I'm worried about that aspect. The institutions and norms of this country are being bent to a dangerous degree, and I don't know if that's just clearing the way, setting a precedent for someone more nefarious, more driven, purpose-driven to to be a tyrant. I don't know. Um, what I am questioning is whether or not. I'm letting the, my emotions get the best of me, falling victim to the propaganda machine on the left in this case. to uh, Listen, I'm going to vote. I always vote. I guess some people need that kick in the ass, so I guess there's a, a purpose to, to the rally cry here. But, you know, are we scarred from, from uh, Gore's election, from what happened in Florida? Like, has that? And maybe it has. But I'm thinking back to just the last, ex- last, exa- last example of different. something.
1: Well, uh, oh, tell me that was different. But, well, because cause no one thought people when people make the claim and, and it is it's it's still when people make the claim, it is less. It's more the conspiratorial realm as opposed to the like I really believe this in my bones, right? Or that I believe that our our actual electoral system is broken because it's isolated one. Right to a single state, so maybe the people in Florida might feel a little differently about this, but for the rest of the nation, everyone else felt quite satisfied that their vote was counted and that the uh, the state split red blue uh, according to the way that people voted. Uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, I think the blame falls more on the Supreme Court for unprecedented for an unprecedented intervention and calling an election. And I think that that's what, that's why you don't get this sense of, okay, woe is me. The American democracy is on its last legs because you're, you can blame the Supreme court and and, to, and, to, and that's the thing, maybe the Supreme court, that's why the Supreme court has become such a lightning rod and has become so political ever since it's because people no longer trust their impartiality. So if anything, the Supreme court might've damaged their reputation by coming in and weighing in on that, on that, on that issue, uh, back in 2002, I believe. Um, Right, so so I think we can talk about that in a different scope. I think that when a person comes out and says across the board, all fifty states, every territory, your votes are being fraudulent. Like there, there's rampant fraud. And if your state went red last time and goes blue this time, and you know you still voted one way, uh, the, the the opposing party has interfered with the election and has screwed up your vote and i think that once you make it widespread i think that is where the danger comes because you're no longer it's no longer localized to a single region and to a, a very small like a, a recount or a particular issue uh and and, and i think it, it's ubiquitous right it feels like it could be anything And i think that it, and then the conspiracy starts to roll because then people are like well you know different little counties start having their own little 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 hiccups where they're like, oh man, I remember that the voting machine wasn't doing this on that day, or uh, you know, there and there's always issues in like small counties and people blow that stuff up, and and then it becomes a big deal. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like this this has the this is the room to run, whereas I felt like what happened with Gore and 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 Bush uh, felt it had very it was a very isolated incident that didn't have much room to run. You know, the buck stopped at the Supreme Court, and everyone was quite like, all right. You know that this, this is a failing in that issue, and uh, this is something we should look to, even though we never do. Uh, but I feel like when, once you once you put it out there that you know there's just rampant fraud everywhere, uh, you know it's just a slippery slope. That I uh, you know I I just feel like it's like a true to me it's a true slippery slope, not the way that the gun owners talk about slippery slope. Like I feel like this is a true. Once people start thinking their election, their votes don't count, uh, I think that you're you know. It'll be a few generations, but it'll be as long as, until that is rectified. Uh, I think you're in trouble.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say I, I all agree with that. I think you make a really good point. Um, I'm trying to wrap my head around whether or not the notion, the conspiracy theory of it, in and of itself, is enough to play on the national psyche in that way. I know that there are, exa- I cannot think of them off the top of my head. I was trying to when you were when you were talking. Of, I was ranting. No, no, because there are th- things that have happened. But, all right, well, the vaccine stuff, right? I mean, there's an example of something that was published, that vaccines cause autism, even though right. it was re- uh, retracted and uh, proven to be false, but people still think it now, and now yeah. we're left with this, right? Now we're left with it. You right, know, because you're is, people who uh, ran with it. So, in that sense, I agree with you. Um, but, I mean, it, it was a published paper. It was out there. There was a validity to it. And so, is the Republican Party's um, repetition of it validity? And like, I don't know if I'm using that word right, but is it is it validity enough? Like, is it is does that validate it enough to? Um, to, to, to do the harm that you're suggesting.
1: I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like time will tell, right? Yeah. That's uh, true. But I, I, do, but I think, I think that if it is, if it does gain traction and, um, it could flow, uh, not just between the Republican party, but between Republicans and independents, um, you, you basically have the entire opposition believing, uh, you have an entire opposition of people, uh, who now believe that the, uh, Election of their of the cat of the opposing candidate. So this would be the Democratic candidate uh, is illegitimate, and and I think that and this this is my fear is that once you start having these ideas of illegitimacy uh, running around, uh, especially in a country that is as steeped in violence and blood as America, uh, you are. You are. I'm not going to say – and again, this is incredibly overdramatic, and I'm completely dramatizing this at this point because it, it, this could be many, many, many generations from now. But you are – you're definitely onto a – you're on a path of revolution. You're on a path of, 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 of terrorism and, and having people feel more emboldened uh, to make uh, acts of sedition against their government because they do not believe the government is legit. And, and I think that Trump has been Trump has been stoking this. I mean, this is Trump's greatest legacy, you know, that is, is this. And, and I mean, it, it, it's the same legacy of Glenn Beck and these guys of like, your country is stolen from you and, uh, and uh, you know, the birth of is like Obama. I mean, that was the danger of Obama, right? It's like, Obama is not legitimate because he didn't have the right to run for president to begin with because he's not truly an American, right? But
0: to so, that, but, but yeah. so to that point though, sorry to cut you off. No, but no, to, no, no. Because because I, in the area that I live in, um, I see gatherings to support Trump and stuff. Uh, but it's like, yeah, let's go support Trump and have like twelve beers and uh, get drunk and pass out type thing. Um, there's not a lot of like Black Lives Matter level and th- uh, support, passionate support, but based on you know this overwhelming need to accomplish something um, with the birther issue, other than you know what I saw on TV, which I don't know how widespread that was. I don't know how big those crowds were. I don't know how violent they were. But do you see this particular issue of someone thinking that their vote was mishandled and it's a one-and-done type event? Do you see it fueling that type of like protest from, from the right, like you see it just like energizing them to the point where they are going to leave their homes and do more than just like have a backyard barbecue with 20 other friends, but go to the streets and get violent or, or even peaceful protest. But like do that day in and day out. Cause we all see now that like one day doesn't cut it two hours in front of the courthouse. Isn't going to do anything like it needs to be like on for months so, I think, uh, I mean, yeah,
1: again, look, it, it depends on the state of the economy. It depends on a lot of factors. Um, I mean, I think the fact that Joe Biden is an old white guy, uh, you know, it it, it, it it removes a lot of the racially charged aspects to the Obama's, Obama presidency. So, so, yeah, do I expect to see that under a four-year Biden run? I don't think so, unless things, again, let's say we cannot get a handle on the pandemic and the stock market starts to crash. And Even though the stock market has absolutely nothing to do with main street, how people's jobs are doing. Uh, I don't want to say that. I mean, there, there, there is a small, there is a connection, but it's not as strong as the media will uh, make it out to be. Um, or it doesn't, at least it doesn't have to be as strong as we have it currently. Um, I do think that it, it's there and Trump has definitely, uh, and it's not just Trump, right? It started with the Tea Party, right? Trump is a uh, Trump is there because the Tea Party uh, started to rise, and, and this is very much a Tea Party, uh, uh, a Tea Party primaries that that uh, brought a lot of uh, more extreme uh, right right wing views to the Congress, and uh, and, I, and I, my point is, I think we're on the path. I'm not saying we're there. I'm not saying that we might see it, but we're on a path, and I think that I just my, my, almost all I'm saying is that having people feel that their votes were not counted legitimately is not going to help take us off that road.
0: (laughs) No, I get that. And listen, it is a, it is actually a big deal. If that was actually the case, it is a huge deal. I think that there is going to be a lot of counter to that notion because it isn't true, at least from what I understand. Um, but I guess the point and I'm making, and I guess to your point, it could be that way in the future is right now, what I see from, you know, really dedicated Trump supporters are boat parades. Where they get drunk, or <laughs> rallies uh, at race car tracks where they get drunk, and I'm just talking about things that are around here. Um, these are the events that are taking place to support Trump. Um, there are no like, there there are sort of protests sometimes, um, but but not really, at least from where I live. Again, where I live. Um, now, if you have someone generations from now that are born into something where they are born into being more radicalized and instead of someone who was moderate for the majority of their life and then just feels slighted or upset or annoyed or stressed by what's happening with, with politics now. And they're just like pissed off and will go to those boat boat parades or whatever it is and, and then to their <laughs> I love friends and vote a certain parade. way. I mean, yeah. But, but so they're not going to be radicalized as easily as I guess my point. But if you're born into it, that's a completely different story. So I see your point generations from now. Um, I hope though that the younger generation, although you always have outliers, will <laughs> will have more of a a level head on their shoulders, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I mean, I feel like I don't know to look at this as a as an extreme swing of the pendulum that will keep going, and that that is just in the process of keep swinging wider and wider right now. Or if this is more of like a wounded animal that's just lashing out in terms of, in terms of the extreme views we see from the right, I don't know what we're looking at.
1: I think that's. What I mean, I think that's a wonderful way to sort of sum it up and uh, and end this episode because uh, uh, that imagery of the wounded animal and that's really what we're dealing with. We're like, is is this the last breath or the last gasp of a. Uh, uh, of a dying generation in terms of the way that they they view the world uh, in terms of this, like the hardcore immigrant policies or the nationalistic ideology. Um, right. Or, or is this just a, a resurgence, right? Is this, it's right. is this the wounded animal that's on its last legs about to be put down or, or is this that rat that's about to chew through you?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's probably a good way to wrap it. Yeah, good one.
1: All right.